Welcome back to Lost Eye Channel. My name is Anton Vjeldsen. I'm an attorney in the Southern District of California here in San Diego. If you're watching this video when it comes out, I wish you Happy New Year. And we're going to start this year with a big case that deals with a seizure of a home, which can in fact violate the Fourth Amendment even if the officers don't ever go inside to search it. Here they do. But the point is, even if the officers quote-unquote secure the home and don't let the defendant in the house, that in itself can violate the Fourth Amendment and the United States Constitution. Before we go on, I want to thank you for watching me on YouTube, hitting that subscribe button and sharing my channel with your friends and family. If you're listening to the podcast version of this recording on Audible or Spotify, please give my podcast a five-star rating. And finally, if you want to support this channel, consider going to lostash.com and check out some of my merch, including the Do Not Arrest This Person t-shirts. Thanks for watching. Quick message from Lostash. Are you charged with a crime? Or do you want to know your rights if stopped by police? Watch California attorney Anton Vjeldsen discuss legal cases from the Supreme Court, Ninth Circuit, and California state courts on the Lostash YouTube page. Anton has handled hundreds of federal and state criminal cases, has an in-depth knowledge of the law, and has the best mustache ever. Subscribe to the Lostash YouTube page. That's L-A-W-S-T-A-C-H-E. Today we're discussing United States versus Trump. And this case deals with the Fourth Amendment and a seizure of a home. After the officers secure the house and don't let the defendant in, following the unexpected death of Mr. Schrump's wife. Because the facts in this case are so important and the timeline is critical, I will go in detail in giving it to you. Mr. Walsh Rum and his wife Candace were in their home in the early morning of March 11th. Candace showered and told Walt that she was feeling very hot. She then experienced a seizure and lost consciousness. At 4.54 in the morning, Walt called 911 to report a medical emergency. He told the operator that his 30-year-old wife was not breathing and may have overdosed on prescription medication. About five minutes later, police arrived to the scene. Walt at that point was performing CPR on Candace. At 5.11 in the morning, EMS arrives. 25 minutes later, ambulance accompanied by everyone at the scene, including Walt, depart to the hospital. Unfortunately, at 5.45 in the morning, Candace is pronounced dead. At 6.19 in the morning, police department sergeant secured Walt's home. At 6.49, investigator Cook arrived to the hospital after he was being told about the incident, but he was also told that was, this was not a suspicious death. Cook asks Walt to accompany him to the law enforcement center to discuss the circumstances surrounding Kenda's death. At 7 o'clock in the morning, interrogation begins. Walt is coherent, but of course he's overwhelmed with emotions. Walt calls a friend and tells her that he's not allowed to go back home. Walt tells Cook, the investigator, that he wants an autopsy done on Candace's body to figure out what happened. Cook tells Walt that he wants to retrieve medication from the house and help Walt get the dogs out of the house. Cook tells Walt 
but he was going to ask for consent to get the medication. He also said in quotes that I'm going to go ahead and hold onto your house as a scene, okay, until I get done with the autopsy. Cook then tells Walt that he was going to have him sign a consent to search. Walt responds that I can't do it unless I have an attorney go over it. The two men then discuss the location of the medication. At 9.20 in the morning, interrogation concludes. 9.30, Cook and Walt arrived at Walt's home. Cook placed the consent to search form on the hood of the squad car. He wrote on the form, in quotes, to retrieve medication. Walt read it and signed it. Walt asked if he can go inside to urinate. Cook said no and forced Walt to relieve himself outside the house where there were other people standing around. Consistent with the information provided by Walt during the interrogation, Cook found the prescription medication in the kitchen and master bedroom. Cook took roughly 56 photographs of the kitchen and bedroom from various angles. One photo depicted ammunition in plain view in bedroom closet. He then returned back to the headquarters where another officer reminded Cook that Walt was a convicted felon. And so, of course, he was not allowed to have this ammunition. Later, Cook contacted the ATF regarding the ammunition. ATF obtained a warrant to search Walt's home based on the observations and the Walt status being a convicted felon. A whole day has passed and at 10 p.m., federal magistrate judge issues a search warrant for Walt's home. At 11.18, ATF executes a warrant. At 1.20 a.m. the following day, the search is concluded, and the ATF found a 12-gauge shotgun, 806 rounds of ammunition, 6 glass paraphernalia pipes, and 4.4 grams of methamphetamine. Walt is charged with being felon in possession of a firearm in violation of section 922G, being a felon in possession of ammunition, and finally, possession of methamphetamine in violation of section 844A. He filed a motion to suppress the evidence found in his home because the officers violated his Fourth Amendment when they secured the house, prevented him from going inside, and as his attorney said, And simply put, that cannot be done without a warrant. Remember, the Fourth Amendment protects against unreasonable searches and seizures. And generally speaking, officers need to have a warrant before they conduct a search or seizure, unless an exception applies. The Supreme Court also told us that a Fourth Amendment seizure occurs when there is some meaningful government interference with individuals' possessory interest in a property. The government argues that the police never entered the interior of Walt's home, let alone search it, until they received consent from him to enter and retrieve medication. But the court says but that there's little difference between an exterior stakeout of the house versus an interior one. Both will interfere with somebody's possessory interest in their property, and here Walt was not allowed to enter the house on his own terms. He couldn't go inside 
during the hours that he could, he was basically expelled from his own property. The Supreme Court reminded us just this past term that when it comes to the Fourth Amendment, the home is first among equals. At the amendment's very core stands the right of a man to retreat into his own home and there be free from unreasonable governmental intrusions. The right to retreat into one's abode following the unexpected death of a loved one would ring hollow if law enforcement could simply secure the home under the spices of criminal investigation and exclude one therefrom without constitutional implication upon the, in the word of the investigator Cook, not normal death of a household member. A man's house is his castle, whether it is under siege by the police officers prying into his possessions stored within, or whether they exclude him from his sanctuary. But of course, not all governmental seizures violate the Fourth Amendment. The seizure has to be unreasonable under the Fourth Amendment. Now, here's what we know. Police officers armed with probable cause to believe a home contains evidence of a serious crime that might otherwise be destroyed may lawfully secure the home and restrict entry while waiting for an assisting officer to diligently procure a search warrant. But here, the government has never suggested that there was probable cause or really any other articulable suspicion that justified the initial seizure of the defendant's home. And we have news for the government, says the court. No such thing as quote-unquote crime scene exception, let alone an unexplained death scene exception to the Fourth Amendment exists. Nor did the police, in this case, ever make an effort to reconcile the law enforcement needs with the defendant's Fourth Amendment interest in his home as a place of refuge, privacy, and comfort. This seizure was not minimally intrusive. Rather, it was the commencement of a fishing expedition to see what sort and how big of a fish the police might catch. The police completely disregarded the defendant's constitutional rights and seized his home so they could find out, against the words of the investigator Cook, what's going on. Unexplicably, Cook would not even allow the defendant a supervised entry into his home to urinate. For reasons unclear to us, apart from the investigator's cook's preference and convenience, the seizure extended over a period of 18 hours, even though probable cause arose sometime around 11 a.m., or about the four hours into the investigation. By then, Cook had seen the ammunition inside the bedroom and learned of the defendant's felony status and had all the probable cause he needed to procure a search warrant. So here, without probable cause, without them attempting to get a search warrant, that initial seizure of the house violates the Fourth Amendment. It is unreasonable under the circumstances. Without probable cause, without a warrant, that equals unlawful seizure. But then the next question becomes, what do we do with that unlawful seizure? Would the evidence found be suppressed? Because the court does find that this violates the Fourth Amendment. We know that all evidence found by the police after they violate the Fourth Amendment must be suppressed and cannot be used against the defendant in trial. 
that is so-called the exclusionary rule, which, by the way, is not a constitutional right. Instead, it was a doctrine created by the Supreme Court in order to deter the police from violating the Fourth Amendment and to prevent all future violations. But what about consent? Didn't Walt consent to the search of his home? Well, the exclusionary rule and fruits of the poisonous tree doctrine can still apply and invalidate even a voluntary consent. And here, the court says that I don't think there was even a voluntary consent after all. For the takeaway portion of my video, I will read to you the recap from the court because it gives you everything you need to know about the Fourth Amendment and a seizure of the home in this particular situation. Law enforcement unreasonably seized defendant's home in violation of the Fourth Amendment. Immediately thereafter, Investigator Cook interviewed defendant for over two hours at the police station. Defendant subsequently signed a consent to search form permitting Cook to search his home. But given the undisputed record facts, defendant's consent was not an act of free will sufficient to purge the primary taint of the illegal seizure. Rather, his consent has come at the exploitation of such seizure. Consequently, Cook unlawfully searched defendant's home and witnessed ammunition in the home's bedroom closet. Probable cause tainted from the unlawful search arose when Cook connected defendant's status as a convicted felon with the ammunition. Cook requested federal agents to procure a search warrant and a neutral magistrate judge unknowingly issued a tainted warrant. Law enforcement executed the tainted warrant and discovered the incriminating evidence defendant now seeks to suppress. Necessarily, this evidence too was tainted. While the causal chain is relatively long, nowhere along the links of the chain were the fruits of the unlawful seizure of the defendant's home purged in their primary taint. Accordingly, the district court denial of the defendant's motion to suppress is reversed. This cause is remanded for further proceedings consistent with this opinion. What does this all mean? Well, the seizure of the home was unlawful and violated the Fourth Amendment. The officers did not have probable cause and never even tried to get a warrant before entering the home and finding the evidence against Walt. So all the evidence that was found in the home must be suppressed and cannot be used against Walt in trial, which means that the case most likely would be dropped because without the evidence, without the ammunition or the gun, you can't be a felon in possession of those things. I hope you enjoyed this video. I hope you learned a little bit more about seizures of a home. We usually discuss the Fourth Amendment in terms of searches, but here, in some unique circumstances, even a seizure itself can violate the Fourth Amendment. If you're listening to the podcast version of this recording on Audible or Spotify, please give my podcast a five-star rating. And finally, if you want to be a real MVP, and if you haven't received my t-shirt as a present for Christmas, consider going to lostash.com 
and buying yourself the Do Not Arrest This Person t-shirt. It will save you one day. Thanks for watching.